Phoebe and this is Gemma and this is Money Can't Buy You Class, a podcast about reality television through a critical lens. Hello, Gemma. Hello, Phoebe. Nice to be back on the back on the air with you. It is nice to be back in the air with you. In the air, through the air, via the Zoom air. Yeah, I think the only thing I like about Zoom is Zooming with you to record our podcast. Yeah. I know Zoom. The Zoom craze has, thankfully, you know, it, it's it's dwindling. It's still present, but it's dwindling. I have all my interviews now on Zoom, though, and they suck. Yeah, yeah. My job is my job's IRL now, so yeah, I'm back out there in the big wide world of Los Angeles. Well, even for the IRL jobs, you still have the Zoom interview. Yeah, totally. Which is, I don't know, I can just, I pick up so much on the body language and I, I hate like seeing my face when I'm answering questions on Zoom. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's not good for anybody. I don't like it. I don't like watching myself in real time. There you go. <laughs> and that's a great way to segue <laughs> into. Oh, actually, I first have to announce to the listeners that I'm currently potting in my skims. Um that Phoebe gifted me um, <laughs> a gorgeous pair of gray sort of lounge sweatpants. And Phoebe knows me well. I am a sucker for a grout fit. And uh, these pants, it's been confirmed by multiple sources. They make my ass look great. So thank you, Kim, for your technology. Gemma's like, Gemma loves the lounge sweatpants, but like the ones that like the the bell bottom ones. Um, she said such like Gemma's really tall and she's like very beautiful long legs. Like I think that last time we measured like your hips are where like my under boob is. <laughs> no, it's not that crazy. <laughs> she's like, four like, feet tall. <laughs> yeah. And my legs are one foot. Um, no, no body shaving on the pod. Um, but like. I remember like last time I was at your house, I was like really cold at night and you were like, here, I'm going to give you the most comfortable sweatpants. And you gave me your like Target lounge pants. No, those are, those are Zara. They're my fave. Zara. They literally, they were like two feet too long for me. Those are the coolest sweatpants. I've, I should have bought 17 pairs when I bought those. <laughs> I hate them. On you, they're great. On me, I was like, what is Swallowed. This? I was fully swallowed. Um. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, in my skims. Um, That's great. Gemma gave me some skims for my birthday as well. And it, I must say it's the most comfortable thong and the most comfortable G-string I've ever worn in my life. Every time, you know, it's kind of funny, like the girls in the world are all kind of reluctant to be like skims is a very good brand. Recently, somebody was like, hey, I got to be honest with you. You wash them multiple times. They do not lose their shape. No, I mean, but I think that, you know, you can tell like that that was like Kanye era skims. Skims is now just like it's becoming like 
retro in an awkward way. And it's like neon, like metallic. And Kim is like wearing her weird like 80s nostalgia blue eyeliner or blue eyeshadow. And it's like the whole point of Skims is that it's like you don't really know it's Kim Kardashian. And it's like excellent underwear, excellent shapewear. It's not about like see and be seen. It's about like what goes under. So now she's just like making the mistake of like, it's like very like that Emily Ratajkowski in Amarada, which is like honestly so ugly. But that's why beautiful people shouldn't be allowed to make underwear and beachwear and clothes in general, because of course it's going to look good on them. Yeah. Like Emily Ratajkowski looks incredible in those ugly bikinis yeah. because she's like the most beautiful woman in the world. But anyone else just looks like a fool. Yeah. Even the other it's, models just look like fools. It's true. It's true. I feel like... um the metallic skims we could go deep on that it's it's becoming it's robot it's robot skin rather than human flesh yeah she's showing her well she's in very she's literally showing her true colors yeah she's becoming one with the cyborg and her bbl is out for that shoot i don't get it is she like just taking it in and out does she have like a removable bbl like i don't get it you know what i don't know how they work I don't know how I don't know how they work. Oh my god. I watched an episode of Botch the other night. Truly golden television. It is the craziest fucking show I've ever seen. Something else that so I've been watching like a really like inappropriate amount of Top Chef lately. (laughs) You're you're hooked on Top Chef. I like I can't get enough of it. It's It's so so good. good jinx but it no it really is but I think it's like kind of fucking me up a little bit because now whenever I eat something I used to think I was an okay cook but now I'm always like oh lacking salt there needs to be some acid how do I do this and I just feel like I've become hypercritical of my food and I'm like oh it's all tasteless it's all horrible you don't even know what their food tastes like yeah but I can hear the voices in my head oh yeah you can hear pot pack your knives and go Phoebe yeah exactly Exactly. I'm and every night. Uh, so co- I don't know, but cooking has also increasingly become difficult for me. I don't know why, but I think it's you're having an aversion to domestic tasks right now. That's fine. I am. It's what it's cancer season. Yeah. And cancer season is kind of the home season, but maybe you're having sort of a reverse, a reverse homebody thing. I don't know. Yeah. I really, because we were just talking about it. My apartment is so messy and I just like, I keep having these like today. So I have probably hundreds, if not a couple thousand like pictures and negatives from like my whole family, both sides. Like I've been the person tasked with caring for every single family photo from every single side of my family. So this morning, instead of cleaning my house, I decided to like go through all of them and organize them. Yeah. I don't know. Which was like a very intense experience. Very like. I did that. I did that over COVID and it was. It was really therapeutic and intense. It was really intense. It was really like sifting through my family's past and my parents' past and like their family's past. And it really was like, if I was a more diligent artist, I would have made work about it. But (laughs) well, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, that's what I've been. That's what I was kind of like. I was I was I was trying to like do something with it today. But I think at a certain point after like four or five hours of it, when you realize like, wow, like I haven't even begun, you know, I think it just, it got very overwhelming because I kept thinking like, I feel like memory is selfish. 
you know, like, I feel like looking through photos, like the, like why, like, there's no way to make these matter to anyone who's like, yeah. not me. Um, like, what is it? Like, I feel like when you have so much nostalgia for something, when you, when you see so many photos of it, it almost like the nostalgia goes out the window because at a certain point, I'm like, I don't even know who these people are. I look very different than I did when I was a kid. Uh, so it was just, it's just like became kind of this like clusterfuck of like image. Definitely. Well, I would like to start our discussion of the current world of reality TV with um, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip to Ex-Wives Club. It's really good. It is fucking good. It's amazing. It is. I have a lot to say about it. I think I want to start talking about the title Ex-Wives Club. Because I feel as though the first season of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip was like all was called All Stars, I think, or or was it unofficially All-Stars. called All Stars? Yeah, and and so it was like all the big major players who've been on for a really long time, like kind of like the OG base, basically a kind of OG crew, and they go to Turks and Caicos, and it's very like a Roni Beverly Hills vacation where they just like are on an island, like being silly. Yeah. And it was real. I really enjoyed it. Um, but it was really much more tame than this season. And it was a lot more than like talk them talking about their professional careers as housewives. It had a lot less to do with their interpersonal emotional feelings. Um, and they kind of were just kind of filling each other. And I felt like they were just kind of chatting and like talking about the their shows rather than like existing in the current world of their trip. And this season is absolutely unhinged it's like a legit real housewife season like an early real housewife season where you do have all these disparate people that are on the surface all connected by the fact that they're housewives which you know in the regular lexicon that means they're vapid rich women right but even though that's always the that's the type that we're watching they're in every show each of the people is so individual by virtue of the fact that you have to be a really powerful individual to stay on the show. You, you, you have to have an, an alliance. Like you have to be, a, you have to perform. You can't just be in part of the group you have. So it's bringing all these really strong personalities together that I think is making this work so well. And I have to say that the tinge of ex-wives club just feels really important to why this season is succeeding. Um, in many ways, but I think maybe we could start with it by talking about like the fact that they were all fired, which means that they all, because they all like did something kind of shady or weren't good enough. And like, they all have dark pasts with the show. So it's interesting to me, like what that means to bring all those people together. And also people have been talking like, because like Tamara and like was recently fired, like and Dorinda clearly doesn't want to be fired. Like they are kind of trying to use this as their moment to get back on TV. And they're trying to like audition, you know, almost like for the housewives. And they're trying to like really perform. Um, so anyway, I thought that was just like an interesting thing to think about. Why was Tamara fired? Do you know? She was fired for basically like being a raging Republican. Oh, Tamara also? I thought that was Vicky. Oh, I think it was Tamara too. Okay. Tamara like it was COVID stuff. Like they just like, they were like, Oh, so that's why they're like, and like during like black lives matter. Like they were just like too iffy to have on the show. Oh, 
okay because Tamara's yeah. like a fun but that's fine because Ramona's still on the show well whatever but okay so I have, I have so one I have two responses one is that so it's so funny that they didn't all realize that they had been fired until like the first episode yeah. I think that like Brandy got it immediately. Well, Brandy's um, a, we're finding out that Brandy is a viewer. Well, and we also already knew that because remember with what's her name? The the soap actress. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eileen. What was her name again? Eileen. Yeah, Eileen. Brandy was like obsessed with her. Oh my and, god, like, yeah, that's that, right. Right. Remember, she was like, I know your show so well. And Eileen was like, You're freaking me out. Like, why do you watch this show? But Brandy, again is a housewives fanatic and she kind of wants them all to like act out their it's famous so scenes. Good. It's so good. Um, you know, which is what she also wanted Eileen to do. But anyway, so, but, but also I think that the housewives in general has always been a sort of ex-wives club, right? Yes. I also want this. Is, this is a good direction. Yeah. Yeah. They like, you come on the show. A lot of the women come on the show about to be divorced so it's it's actually like instead of pretending that they're all stars, which they've never been all stars, like you don't go on the show because like you're great at what you do. You go on the show because you're an ex-wife or soon to be ex-wife. So in a way, like there is mm. there's a humor in it, but there's also like a direct reality in it. There's an yeah. anger in it that makes you not have to perform as much because it's like that same anger of divorce. I think a lot of the ladies put yes. into the anger at being fired from the show by a man who Brandy has also said, Andy Cohen respects middle-aged women. Right. Right. Yes. I think that's exactly, I was thinking a lot about that. Cause like, it's interesting to think about like the conception of like who an ex-wife is and like mm -hmm. what an ex-wife is, is what the stereotypes about ex-wives, you know, bitter, angry, uh, drunk, <laughs> drunk, like money hung, you know, like, the first episode opening with all of them and their kids who have grown like aged like 10 years is really weird. And like Brandy's like, I've gotten my drinking under control. I'm a different person. And you're like, wait, what has Brandy been doing? You see her with her son. She's talking to her son. You're like, oh yeah. Like what's she been up to? You know, like it's kind of right. funny in that way. And her son is like, mom, no, you don't. You're an alcoholic. Also, her son is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brandy used to be gorgeous. Yeah. And her, uh, whatever her ex-husband's name is, is also beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I also, I just realized that uh, Vicky Gunvalson goes into to the show having been recently broken up with from a fiancé. Yeah, Vicky, I gotta say, I know OC people and, like, longtime fans, like, really dislike her. I am loving She's her. Crazy. But I'm loving her energy. It's cracking me up. No, me too. But like, she's like, there's something going on in that brain of hers. Is there not? Like, she's like, she really was the one who was married to the guy who faked cancer, right? Well, she wasn't married to him. I think that he was just a boyfriend. But yeah, she was the one who, <laughs> whose boyfriend literally faked having cancer. She's also the one who's known in the like season one, episode one of the OC, like, the car company sends like a van instead of a limo and she like flips out and it's like screaming. She's also like the whoop it up. And she's a full on hypochondriac, which I think is also like a housewife thing to be like hypochondriacs. It's narcissistic tendency, to be honest. I think it's also just like, I don't know. It's something about like wealth and being scared of dirt or like yeah. thinking, like wanting people to take care of you. It's like, yeah. 
narcissistic like infantilization or something like you always like I, I don't know like they really want to be taken care of and right the the other part of it that's kind of interesting is like, like the ultimate girl trips are conforming to a sort of formula in some way like you know it's a show that's aware of itself being a show even like more so than any of the housewives seasons but they still do these kind of gimmicky things where like there's always an attractive young male male butler that like they're like I just hired him because I needed some help and it's like and then you have like this vibe of like Dorinda would like us all to plan an event for like one day of the week and it's like obviously this is all like produced stuff and like they did that on Turks and Caicos too but in this season, like in Turks and Caicos, it had like a little bit of like just a less intense vibe. And like in this one, like Taylor recreating her daughter's tea party is just so upsetting because it's like, why are you making Taylor like if the her past was so dark? Like, why are we making her revisit her past? Like, why are we? Why are we like when you're flashing back, it's not a happy memory for the viewer. It's like scary and like upsetting. And like because at the time you didn't know what was going on. And like, you know, I think that they all have these like dark pasts associated with the show is um, just like gives it a really, I think, a very authentic housewives feeling of like it's there's it's fucked up. It's not just like whooping it up. It's like these people aren't like freaking out. Well, what do you think that is? Because I also, that also is like very strange to me because like Taylor makes it a point to kind of introduce herself as like, I've grown, right? right? That's like the first episode is she's like, I've grown from the domestic violence and like, she's very honest about it, like therapy. And she is with a new guy who's supposedly good to her. And, you know, she even pulls Eva aside because both of them have like shared experiences. But then she, like, you just, I, I don't know, Taylor, I mean, obviously domestic violence it's like horribly traumatic um she's she's traumatized if you ask me she's right and she's fully traumatized and I think that it's just like she can't get over it so I and I think that she's kind of like she's become this type of she's saying that when her current husband walks into the bathroom when she's doing her makeup she still flinches because she's so traumatized which was like heartbreaking to me I cried in that scene cried same. I was like on the verge of tears, but I think that like part of Taylor's whole thing is like she's very good at like sweeping things under the rug. So yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think that that's like sweeping it under the rug? Do you think that that's like trying to make a new memory? Do you think she's trying to make a joke of it? Like, do you think that it's just like what people like what like I don't know. Do you think it's just like a pattern of like when something bad happens, you it's like a kind of a waspy thing. You pretend like it doesn't happen. Like, what what what, what do you think was the point of that? Of the tea party reference. Yeah, or like especially after all the other references about her that being like yeah. the first time of her life. Why do you think they did that? Well, I think it was definitely like a production move, like that they were like everybody like do something that rem- makes people remember like an iconic moment from your show, and that was iconic because she spent fifty thousand dollars on it, and everyone was like so kind of appalled at that, or that was like, and that was kind of like the character of Real Housewives shows at that time, being like she's gonna spend fifty thousand dollars on this birthday party, and it's like. So I think that was part of it. But no, I mean, I don't seems to me like Taylor. I think Taylor has probably the capacity because of her, like how long she was in a really seriously violent relationship. And then the death, the traumatic death of Russell. I think Taylor has there's a very high chance that Taylor's developed at least a little bit of like split personality or like multiple personality where it's a big part of her story. And it's also, as we learned, a big part of how she 
like Bravo and the show was so important. Ironically, without the show, Taylor would have been fucked if Russell had died. Like she had the ability to make money. She had the ability to like brand herself. So I think that's also a weird part of it. And maybe that's why it feels kind of eerie is because her brand, she has remained successful and relevant because of this horrible thing that happened to her on live television. You know? Yeah, I mean, Taylor, like, and she says this too, like, live television, like, kind of saved her. Yeah, and the fact that she really says that, because you've talked about that a lot, and, like, the fact that she really says the words, I thought going on the show would protect me. The yeah. cameras would protect me is a sentence she uses. Yeah, and I think, you know, they did it, it they both did and they didn't, you know what I mean? And I think that... You know, we've talked a lot like ad infinitum about like how the cameras serve as like a legal basis for shit. But I think that you can also see on camera like a lot of like her scars or the bruises, you know. So I think that the cameras also like if he hadn't passed away, they would have helped like indict him, indict him. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And I think that it's the camera is proof. The camera is always watching. It's hard to edit. Well, it's easy to edit, but like you, it's, it's easier to, to make something than to erase something. Right. So I think that that was, yeah, it's also just like, I mean, she was talking to Eva. I think that conversation, that was very intense. You were saying that you cried during that conversation, but it's what they say too on the show. I don't know. It's like almost like they, they both say like, we hope that like being open about it on national television, lets women know that they're not alone. Which, you know, it's it that is that's always like the most fascinating part of these shows where you think that they're about like gossip, you think that they're about yeah. like just laughing. But I think that um I don't know, because I think a lot of the people who do watch the shows are like um housewives, right? Or mm -hmm. they they are just like normal, what is it, like uh 18 to 49 or 24 to 49 year olds. Yeah. That's the and I think that a lot of those women, like, you know, like who this the statistics are there online, but like women go like American women go through a good amount of like sexual violence in their lives. And perhaps like it is healing in a certain way to see someone who you aspire to be on television or even see someone that you're laughing with or at on television and to be able to share an experience yeah. with them and to see that they got help and it's okay. Cause like, I never think about the show like that. Like I just think about the show, obviously yeah, me either. It's a, it's like a gaff or it's, it's just like, it's like a silly thing or it like, it's just entertainment. Fun. Yeah. It's entered. Exactly. It's entertainment. Like I've never thought about it as like a learning experience. Although I do learn a lot about like family from the show and, oh, yeah. and social management. Cause um, learned from it but it's also like I've never taken it seriously but it is fascinating that someone could be taking it seriously yeah I mean so I also like I think like the ex-wife thing like and the fact that it's Dorinda's house and Dorinda herself is okay so Dorinda is obsessed with history and her past <sighs> she is wedded to the life that she once had and I think it's like she is like simply like a small town Berkshires girl. Like she's like not anybody like her sister's like a lesbian farmer. Like she's just like some random person from the Berkshires. Right. She definitely aspired to marry wealthy and prestigiously. And she did it. And I think it was such an accomplishment for her to do that. And I think the fact that Richard died 
she was like, what the fuck? Like, I worked so hard for that. And now it's gone. And I had no control over it. And she can't handle it. The the other thing, too, that's funny is, like, we've talked about this before. Like, there are so many spirits that haunt reality TV. Like, Rob Kardashian Sr. Like, like they're, like, Richard Medley has been haunting Real Housewives of New York for the whole time. And I was thinking about this kind of, like, that kind of thing about the house. Because the house is very, like, Vicky and Tamara, like, this is a little creepy. Like, it's a little... Yeah. It's a little eerie. And I, I'm loving this idea that like that they're haunted, that like all of these women are haunted by something. They're haunted by their past. They're haunted by the yeah. show, like haunted by their ex-husband. They're haunted by their dead husbands. You know, like it well, feels a lot important. of them are widows. I just realized on ex-wives club who Taylor Taylor's yeah. a widow. Jill Zarin's a widow. Oh, yeah. Rinda's a widow. Uh that's it. But that's a lot of widows. Well, and Phaedra, Phaedra Parks, her husband went to jail on the show. Yeah, yeah they, they've all been very hurt. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've been. I mean, every housewife has been completely hurt and destroyed, usually by a man in their yeah. in their life. Yeah. But um, no, but these I just realized that three of them are widows, which is like she's also like she can't even control herself. And the thing that Dorinda doesn't have the sex appeal. And I think that even Vicky has some sort of sex appeal. She's very frumpy. And I, I, I there's just something very like grotesque about her. And like maybe it is what you're saying. Like maybe she is very much so haunted by by like the loss of something that it's like taken all the sex out of her it's like in Nathaniel Hawthorne's House of Seven Gables <laughs> how the the one no I'm serious like how the woman in the in the house is like she's just like empty there's nothing in her you know what I mean right. she's like a, she she's just she has no sex in hers and it takes like the the young girl Phoebe to come into the house and be like the new like virgin you know right. for for the for the house to kind of like waken up again and ghosts in an old house is is like the New England story you know like to have these shows succeed like you need different like roles sort of and like I really am enjoying Brandy as the like both unreliable and reliable narrator like she's kind of the one who's like giving you context like she's like I know like even Eva is like I can't wait to hang out with Vicky she's the OG of the OC like you know and, like Brandy like is like oh well you know and Tamara like has followed the Brandy like Denise thing it clearly titillated her and she's like kind of obsessed with it and like once I'm talking about it and like you know I think like Brandy is like kind of being like the one who's supposed to who's like yeah like trying to have people act out a certain way because she like is a viewer and is observing too, you know, but then she gets drunk and like, she calls everybody a bitch and people get so mad at her. Or like a mangina. <laughs> and like with the burlesque dancer and then they all start taking off their clothes. But it's, you know, but it also is like, it was a very almost like, well, oh, right. Cause then they recorded it. It was heavy COVID. Yeah. So, you know, I, I forgot about that. Cause I feel like in Turks and Caicos, they were even like, no one really was wearing a mask. I mean, they were, but it was also, it was also different. But now, especially in Beverly Hills, like no mask, they're kind of like doing back to normal shit. Yeah. But here it's very much like one of those, uh, it was like a COVID season where yeah. they can't really do anything outside of the house. Yeah. So they're stuck just like 
getting drunk in a random house in uh, in in I was gonna say upstate New York, but in in Massachusetts, basically upstate New York, it's yeah, basically upstate New York. It's around the border, but yeah, uh, but yeah which is like I, you would think that it would be like completely boring because that's because the latest season of Real Housewives in New York City was super boring, and they actually did go to Bluestone. No, no, they went to the Hamptons and. Or I, I don't know. They just they went they to a like variety of different boring of places, but um, but yeah, no. But this actually, it's it's turning out to be quite interesting because they're also just. I, I think part of it is like there's like they did on uh, Ultimate Girls Trip All Stars. They're zeroing in on the hilarity of the show itself. Yes, they're like making fun of the fact that like there's an agenda that there's like a butler who you know who's like actually just there to be like ogled at like you know like the. They, they make fun of Dorinda. And I think that part of the sadness of Dorinda, she doesn't understand that she's being like made I fun know. of by the producers. Oh, it's so, oh my God. It's like, just like Brandy gets it. Like Brandy's like, I'm not an alcoholic. Another vodka, please. You yeah. know, so she just gets like, that's funny. It's ridiculous. But I think that she's like in on the joke that she is just yeah. like, no, Dorinda thinks she has her shit together. And she thinks that she's like, like buddy, buddy with the producers. She also thinks it's her show. And I'm like, whoever, whoever idea this was, it is diabolical because it is designed. It's, it's really mean. It's really it's mean. designed for Dorinda to she, like, you know, she's going to look completely fucking crazy. When she went after Tamara, I was I, I had chills. I had chills. Oh, it was so psychotic. She's like, wah, wah, wah. I'm like, who acts like that? Who acts <laughs> like that? Yeah. Also, like <laughs> somebody. Oh, I was listening to Bitch Sesh and they had a really good point. They were like. Dorinda's sweet spot is like first thing in the morning because she's a little buzzed from the night before, but she hasn't started drinking again. And I'm like, like they're like, they're like, oh, well, she's only when she drinks. I'm like, girl, she's drinking all day, all day well, long. You can tell because she never just like she's always holding like a cup, you know. Well, she's like, I have to take a nap every day. I'm like, yeah, bitch, you're drunk, drunk every single day, with her lasagna and like stealing Brandy's ingredients. So out of control. And talking to the trees because Richard's there. Like I can't with the tree. Okay, Richard, be- <laughs> Phaedra being like, who the hell is Richard? <laughs> okay, Phaedra, it, to me, is the star of this show. Phaedra was the star of Atlanta. I have loved her since day one. I don't even care that She's she made up a vicious so rumor about Candy being a rapist. Funny. I don't even care. She She's is hilarious. So beautiful. She's so beautiful. And she's so funny she's so she's so smart too he's so smart to be that funny you need to be smart you know she's like has her uh more mortician's license yeah no i saw that yeah brilliant she like but like she just phaedra's always been like a great like comic relief and like like when brandy i was actually like i mean i haven't like fully laughed out loud at this at like rare houses in a while like when Brandy's talking about the woman, the chef, who's a lesbian, and she's like, oh, I think that lady was a lesbian. And she's like, her eyebrows. And Phaedra just, like, screams laughing. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> so good. But honestly, like, the jokes about Bluestone Manor, like, do not get old to me. Like, I'm like, this house is cursed. The editing is is tailored to the super fan, right? Yeah. It's like It's, like, tailored to being, like, you know, they're like, it's just a magical place. And it's like, that was peak New York, dude. Like it really was Luann. Oh my God. Luann being like, well, I didn't say anything about you dating a disgusting younger man that should have been dating my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Luann, you're doing it again. She's like, 
what am I doing? I date younger men too. <laughs> no, Luana's like literally the fucking worst. Um, I love Luana actually. I kind of do too, but she just is so annoying. I wouldn't want to be friends with her. I the am so. I would like. I'd be down to be friends with some of the other ones, but like Luann is like really. She will like turn yeah. on you in a sec. I am so so happy to see Jill again. Jill Zarin. The fact that she like Jill had to hilarious. wait. She had to wait till after Yom Kippur. Oh my god. No, I'm obsessed with waiting until after the high holidays. <laughs> like i miss the like big jewish presence because kyle tries to do it but yeah she's not a real i mean she is a real jew but she's not like a like social jew and i think that that's like when i say they're like people aren't real jews it's like not like a social jew like there's a difference because like i'm not like a real jew like i eat pork i don't even fast on yom kippur i never have but i'm a social jew you know, and I think that that's like such a type, and like even Jill's thing where they say that she's a walking. <laughs> I'm like literally, it's me. Like I'm walking around being like people are like, you're I'm a like, social Jew. I'm like TJ Maxx, twelve bucks. I know, <laughs> dude. Especially when you're drunk, you'll be like, hey, 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 Target, Target. I got a Target, five dollars sale bin. <laughs> that scene when she's talking to her boyfriend by the pool. <laughs> talking, talking, like, Taylor walks up. She's like, "Gotta go, back. Gary. Bye." Like literally, immediately, she's like, "Okay, gotta go." <laughs> she's like, "I just call him when I have no one to talk to," and I'm like, "God bless this man." <laughs> I feel like sometimes too. Like if I'm really bored and I'm waiting for someone, I'm like, "Chris, what's up? How are you? What's going on?" Oh, oh gotta go. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Well, my favorite part, I think that probably my favorite, and there there are a lot of good Jill moments, but my favorite Jill moment is when she's at that like pro-Israel march in New York and they start singing the Jewish national anthem and she just starts crying and she just turns to the cameras and she goes, have you ever heard a more beautiful song? <laughs> But isn't Jill going to be on the legacy? I think they're I think they're teasing Jill's going to be on the reboot. Well, Bethany, Bethany is. Yeah. And Bethany, Bethany posted a photo with Jill on a plane and everyone was like losing their mind. Well, Bethany, Bethany is probably Bethany is like the best housewife of all time. She's she's un she's unbelievable on television. She is so crazy. <laughs> And she's so, again, she's really smart. Really smart, yeah. And that's why she's so good at getting into arguments because she, like, she will not back down and she always has, like, a zinger. Yeah. Like, her, again, like, one of the best, I think that, like, the best Housewives moments have been on New York. Like, that incredible yeah. argument between her and, what's her name? Like, oh. I'm up here, you're down there. Kelly? Yeah, Kelly. Yeah. Epic. It, that's just, like, an epic argument. It, it's epic did you see like so like they leaked somebody like leaked her like contract details and like one of it was like i will not look i will not be in the same room with kelly benson ever if she comes on the show i'm out yeah and it was also like i'm not just gonna like sit around and get drunk like i want us to work on like a charity gala together the other thing that real housewives ultimate girls trip made me think about today i saw a tweet that was like the cast of the next ultimate girls trip was announced oh really and it's really lackluster it's like Two people from Potomac. It's like, uh, Gar uh, yeah, Garcelle, no, Giselle and Candace and um, Heather and Whitney and from, um, wait, what do you mean? Heather and Whitney from Salt New York? Lake. 
Yeah, no, from oh, Salt Lake. From Sa- Ooh. And um, it's like it's like dynamic duos and Tinsley and Leah. So that's like the vibe is like dynamic duos. Leah? But, yeah, Leah. Oh, right, right, right Leah. Yeah. Tinsley and Leah liked each other? Oh, yeah, they were. Tinsley brought her on the show. So anyway, like, and then two people from Miami. And I was like, and I'm, I was immediately like, um, like, I just think this says something about where the housewives world is headed. Because like right now on Beverly Hills, like, no one's loving Dubai. Everyone thinks it's kind of boring. Like Beverly Hills, everyone keeps talking about how it's flopping. Like I no love it. I love this season. We no, can talk. About I do that, too. I love this but season. Of just Beverly in Hills. terms of like a meta conversation of like okay, the yeah. network and the franchise, like I feel like we might be moving past the individual cities. I feel like the show might be like I feel like the show might exist now in this universe like it's kind of exploded out of its pockets and like lisa rinna is like starting instagram drama with caroline stanbury and like i just kind of interested in like the expanded universe becoming actually what the fans want like that's much more interesting now i will i've also so again i've been watching insurmountable amounts of top chef part of what they do with top chef is they actually make a point in making it a universe right you know they make point like even with the all-stars seasons where they like bring back people who could have won who the fans loved who like you're like oh like I really was rooting for them they bring those people back but they also even starting with like at the end of the second season right after Elon won they like they have like a cook-off season one versus season two you know and like they win like twenty thousand dollars or something but it like it very much so is like they, they want to make it into, into its own world mm-hmm. so they can constantly be like self-referential, self-referential or like going back to another person. And then you go on the show and you know the challenges. So that's yeah. also like self-referential. But also, you know, a lot of the, the judges because they're people from past seasons or like in in this in the season of New York, the one when uh, Hosea wins, they yeah. like go to Harold's restaurant. Yeah, you know, and I think that it like it it makes the other people more real. Like it kind of shows the actual success yeah. of people who have been on the show. And I think that also like it, it kind of like it's like summer camp or something where like it makes it into a family, right? It's like once you're in, you're in, and once you're in, you're always in. And we we love all of you. The universe thing also is really important in like maintaining the fandom. Like you know, like like the fanship like is the viewership is is helped I think when you feel like oh you watch one you know because like there's already like there's so much like talk like when you tell people you watch Real Housewives like which cities right like define yourself like categorize yourself like which cities do you watch and like you know and now that they're like like this kind of resurgence has been happening like they kind of had to figure out like how to make it relevant still because like everybody's getting kind of bored and like this kind of resurgence of like the peacock shows like it's like totally different production quality and like it's much more like in line with like netflix reality shows like it's much more in line with selling sunset like dubai um even real even beverly hills to an extent like you know miami but the thing is is like it started with salt lake city right like when that started like i was like this is fun but everyone loved it because they were newcomers to the franchise like a lot of people who loved it were not like old school fans I mean, I think a decent amount of people were, but like, there's just something that's not quite, that doesn't 
it's just different than like, because they, these women know what they're supposed to be doing. They've studied the show and Dubai is like that to an extreme. You're like, this is, this is like, this is just fully a character and like, okay, maybe we're here for the character, but this is not the same show. Like, it's just not the same show, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Beverly Hills is almost falling, falling a little prey to that with like Diana's jumping the shark. Like everyone's jumping the shark. Everyone's, everyone's too, everyone's too aware. Like Diana is really overperforming, you know? Yeah. And I was excited. She's actually good for the first couple of episodes because she like brings the glitz and the glamour, but she actually did that thing where like Carol did, where they start out so cool. So detached, like I have my own life, but they're the ones who get sucked into it the most. They always do. I mean, Diana is good for the show because she's just like, her life is very weird. And like, yeah, the fact that she has like, a little husband who looks who's like so effeminate and like looks 17 years old is super weird well she likes young men but she had a and like she's older and she's like had a baby with you know like she just had another baby she has like two grown kids and had a baby with him yeah no she's weird she's really she's weird weird and she's, she's like weird. very being like i'm like she's really interested into talking about being bosnian <laughs> like well because come on yeah like, i know uh, but it's like like, intense but yeah I mean I think it's I think it's interesting like I just feel like we're I don't know it just seems to me like viewership and like the regular seasons aren't really delivering in a way that like everyone wants or like the fan gossip is like more about like who should be fired and it's like it's more on the production side like than it is about what's actually happening in the show and like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills really needs to figure their shit out and they need to stop making storylines out of things that didn't happen that like are just hearsay because it's not fun to watch well I actually really like this season because I feel like it's a return to form yeah I mean I I'm not saying I don't I don't feel like it's not fun to watch I like watching I don't mind like it, it's kind of annoying in a way but like if they like stick to something but this season they're they're cycling through drama it's new drama every there's been new stuff happening yeah, that is true. But I definitely like that the spotlight is off of Erica because she just became way too boring. Me too. Yeah. I li- Because I think that Sutton has a good amount of delusion, but I don't think that her delusion makes her think that she's the star of the show. No. I just think that her delusion makes her think that she she has like a very particular set of like rules. And then when people don't follow them, she freaks out. And like that makes a good housewife. Crystal could be an interesting housewife, but I yeah. think that we'll have to like keep going and see. Kyle is becoming really grating because she just like Kyle is she's maybe her time is up like she's just stirring the pot like she's just like she's doing the splits it's like okay we've seen it a thousand times I know it that's boring I love Garcelle but I think that Garcelle needs like another person like because Garcelle is like brings like a calmness to the group because I don't think that she has like diva energy she actually like, doesn't have any delusion. Garcelle is going to bring there. in a friend of Garcelle's in the next couple seasons. Yeah, I think that like uh, Cherie, I like yeah. Cherie. I think that that's like cool. But I but but I think that like the thing about that that would actually be good because Garcelle, I don't think would have a conflict with a friend of that they brought on for her. Yeah, like, I don't think that she would need someone to like cover up her tracks like Luann did with that gay construction worker. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk anymore. Yeah, um, like, I think that that would just kind of be fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. So I guess that's like in a way, 
I mean, I'm interested in the conflict. I'm interested in the conflict of what was said and what wasn't said. I think that that's like endlessly fascinating for me with Beverly Hills. And that's kind of what the show has always been about. Like, did you say that? What did you mean by that? Because yeah. they, 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 they have like a, a decorum that's different than, than New York City. So I'm actually like really into this season because it's like throwaway TV, you know? And I like the fact that it's just like throwaway dishwashing television and they all look great. They all have great makeup, great hair. Yeah. Great parties. Well, that's what I've been doing with Dubai too. Like, I I think like, I, like, I just think it's a different kind of engagement with it. Like I just listen to it almost, you know, I, I, I don't even need to like necessarily be watching it because like you don't, you can't really get invested in them. Right. Well, I think that, I mean, TV, like, I don't really watch scripted television, um, but I think that it's been pretty successful lately. Like, I've heard that yeah. there's, like, you know, people were, are obsessed with, like, Stranger Things, um, you know? So I think that the scripted is fine, you know, I, because, like, they, there's so many directions that you can go Yeah. with that. Um, but I think that reality TV, it really has reached its end, you know? Mm. And we've been talking about this for a while, but I think it has in a way because it's, like, you know what the camera is going to do. You know who the camera is and there's nothing else that you can show. Right. There are no other like twists and turns. Like everything has already happened. I mean, it actually weirdly almost feels like a full circle. Like Dubai almost feels like you're watching it for the same reason you would watch like Bad Girls Club on MTV or something mm. or like Jersey Shore just to see people like go after each other. Like you, you're not invested in them. You know, you're not. So that's actually kind of interesting. Like it almost feels like those original kind of like shock value shows. Like, yeah. cause, cause it's all about shock value because it's just like very overperformed. Well, and very, you need like- to get something to get your adrenaline going. That's why you watch television is because you want to know what yeah. happens next. Yeah. You know? So I think that it's like that. Um, I'm excited to see like the new reality shows that are coming out with like younger people. Yeah. Cause I think that there are a couple that are going to come out with younger people. Um, I'm excited to see, I mean, I don't know. You just want glamour. You want glitz and glamour. You want like gossip girl IRL, you know, you want all your favorite, like, yeah. uh, scripted shows. You want them to have like proof in reality there. I think that there are avenues that reality television could go down, but yeah, I don't, I don't know though. Um, well, I think where it's going now is like the selling sunset thing. It's like, it's like. It just feels extreme. Um, and then, I mean, this is also like a very reality TV thing that's been happening, you know, especially in terms of Vanderpump Rules. We have another uh, another expose of terrible behavior with Randall Emmett's big expose. Yeah. What did you think about that? Um, I thought it was interesting that like people were so like, it wasn't like that juicy of a story. I was like, yeah, he's a shitty guy. Um, yeah. But like, I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, I thought it was just interesting in terms of like the crossover with reality TV. Cause it was like, I think that's why people care. Like people don't know who the fuck he is. Like, right. Like, actually like randomly, like people who play professional poker know who he is. Cause he's like a big poker player. And like, but he's also like, you know, he's, he, got a lot of notoriety from being on the show and like once again the effect happens where somebody who's knowingly doing wrongful things committing crimes goes on a fucking show and it's like an incubator for these criminals <laughs> like no it's like the dumbest thing that you can do i know it's like it's just so and you you could tell randall you could tell randall knew he might get 
in trouble. So he, he remained anonymous for like three years and then he goes on and it's like, you and then everything bitch. falls apart. Yeah. Maybe he needed the money because he was losing so much of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was weird. And then James has a new girlfriend. But people are really into people are really like shocked by this story for some reason. I'm like, isn't it just like every other like Hollywood? I mean, I do love the crossover with reality TV and television that he's based on that Turtle and Entourage is based on him. That kills me. That is funny. Yeah. No, but that's what that's how he started dating Lala is that he was like, I'll get you a role in my movie if you like suck my dick. Yeah. Like, you know, she was into that. That's kind of her kink is like sucking older guys' dicks for things. Yeah, daddy uh, vibes. Know. BJ for PJ. But um, <laughs> but I think that like that's not a kink that is as widely accepted anymore, you know? Yeah. And I think that if Lala had felt, felt any qualms in the year, the moment that she had done that, I think that people would have been like, yeah, well, you suck. Like, what did you think would happen? But now, you know, for better or worse, probably for the better, if people are like, you know, they regret what they did, even if they had liked it at the moment, I think all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, that man is disgusting and it's all on him and he took advantage of you, which is true, you know, but I think that like all of it's true. But I think yeah. that like all, always what I saw in the relationship with Lala and Randall was that she, like he has, he's like a disgusting older man who that's what he does, but she was just into that. That's like, she finds him attractive. She has like her own issues that she deals with through her sex kinks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that again, like, what did she say? Like once they got engaged, she stopped having sex with him, which yeah. is like, yeah, because like, it's no longer, uh, like it's no longer playful. Like it's, you know, there's just like, she, she doesn't want to have sex. It was crazy to read her testimony that he tackled her to the ground trying to get his phone back. Yeah, I know. He's, gross he's horrible i mean he he looks like harvey weinstein you can never yeah. trust a man who looks like harvey weinstein never never the whole like bruce willis thing was kind of weird that that was part of the story where he gave like millions of dollars to bruce willis no just like just like bruce willis like continuing to like maybe i was wrong but like i read that as like directors and like financiers and like Randall was like take kind of taking advantage of Bruce being like he's clearly not well but like we still need him to like, like be on the front of this movie for it to make any money um did I read the same the Vulture article or did you read something else I read the LA Times article oh I just read the which Vulture was like the original article. article oh yeah I'll yeah. read the LA Times article yeah no it's interesting it's just like because like Bruce Willis has aphasia and like yeah he was like working while he was like having symptoms and like I think a little bit of like the implication was that like Randall was one of these like kind of lecherous people or like that just like Randall's whole career was made on like putting Bruce Willis on the front of a DVD and like having him show up for like 10 seconds of the movie you know um yeah I mean I, it's, it's a very classic you know I mean it's also just like a very classic Hollywood story you know it's very very classic like it's like Lala like kind of like the sugar baby the like the call girl that that you know has the baby of the major you know of her you know like gentleman you know like that's kind of like a very classic and then he's like a bad guy and then he cheats on her like and does it again and again and again and like got with her like when he was still married like you know like it, it's a very classic classic Hollywood tale yeah it is it is yeah. But I was shocked, like, reading the, I was just, I, I listened to, like, the reporter who wrote the story, like, talk about it on Bachelor Party, and, like, 
it's so funny how many like overlaps there are with entourage like his whole life was like oh, cocaine really? from safes by assistance and like going to can and like getting fucked up on boats and like being like i'm gonna make this movie like writ and tumble like young men being like fuck it million dollars like it's so um that is so what entourage is about you know i've never seen entourage okay literally you should watch it i watched it the whole it's really good yeah no i've heard it's amazing we should we should watch it because it's kind of um you know what we should start doing we should start watching the scripted shows that the reality tv is like we should do like wine pairings like wine yeah shows, yes like scripted and reality i love that yeah television shows because i think that you can you can tell a lot about the other one through watching yeah um it's 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 opposite or you know they they just like dialectically pair well with with one another yeah um I think that well also I feel okay the I think the political documentary is a very interesting it's not reality television but you know it's like the the I think that getting into like what makes a documentary different than a reality television series especially when dealing with like important people would be interesting because you see a show like um veep which people say is like the realest version of things that go on in the white house mm-hmm. um and then i i, I don't know then like every like, i feel like so many like politicians have like documentaries or podcasts or books but, well so also just like documentary is such a popular hbo form now like like there's like all those documentaries about like random cult leaders you know and also like hulu just came out with a new documentary about like machine gun kelly or whatever and Whatever. They're all like Do you see Machine Gun Kelly like smash a champagne flute in his face? Yeah, he's fucked up. And then he was like, it was like I read headline that was like Machine Gun Kelly reveals he had a shotgun in his mouth at one point talking to Megan Fox. I'm like, what? <laughs> I know. I don't want to know. I'm like, why are you publicizing that? Like I don't want to know. This I don't even kid has self-harm that. issues. Well, and then Chris is like classic Cleveland. Because <laughs> he's <laughs> so every other every other sad boy in cleveland is doing um oh did you see that travis barker got pancreatitis yeah from an endoscopy somebody fucked up his endoscopy i know yeah that's i saw that that's no good him posting an instagram god pray for me with no context i'm like all right dating us much it was like god save me it's like what (laughs) And then Courtney is like, God, pray for my husband. <laughs> like, my husband is sick. She's like, my husband. My husband. My husband. They all turn it. You know, I have to say, like, um, Dorit is like, the Dolce Cabana widow look is very in. Sicilian widow. Like, Erica has that look. Mm-hmm. Dorit has that look. Uh, Courtney's doing that look. Like, it's just yeah. so like, pray for God and my family. Like, yeah. the family, you know. Yeah, no, it's well, and again, you know, we could pair that Very with dramatic. the Sopranos. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that that's like an interesting pairing to do. But I do love this season of Ultimate Girls Trip. Just, I like, think it's so good. I really, I like, I can't wait for the next episode. Me too. Can't wait. I like really can't wait. And it's very different from all stars. And I actually think it's better than I thought it was going to be really bad. Like I was like, this can't be any good. But there's something about it. I think it's just like because they're so settled into the social minutia 
that they're not focused on. I mean, they are drinking and getting fucked up, but I think that the producers like aren't focusing on like the drama of them getting fucked up. They just kind of accept it. Yeah. And then they kind of, they more focus on like what's happening in those moments and how are those moments like interconnected to each other. The camera work is great. Like the moments that they capture when like people don't know they're being filmed, like just like the cutaway, the edits are so good. Like they cut to Vicky being like, Vicky being like, I just want peace. (laughs) I know. Well, Vicky's, I feel like Vicky's really good for TV because like she's still unaware that a camera's in her room, you know, and that's the type of like psychosis that you need. She's so entitled, like so entitled. She just like doesn't understand what the camera is. I don't know. Like I think that she's yet to get it, which is great. And I think that Jill is kind of that way too, because like she just can't help herself. I also kind of liked the, the Atlanta girls like Phaedra and Eva being like, okay, we thought like, like they acknowledge they're like, yeah, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like they kind of cheekily acknowledge that like, yeah, you know, it's like about black women that fight. And it's like, yeah, Pedro's like, Pedro's like, you know, if you go on, she's like, you know, the Real Housewives of Atlanta, they fight. Like you'd think you'd been like to war and back. She's like, these people are fucking crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) And like the fact that like even Pedro are managing to just kind of like stay out of the fray is kind of interesting to me, you know? And like, everyone's kind of being like, oh, they're like our rocks. And I'm like, hmm. I don't know. Well, I just, I think that, you know, it's, that's indicative of like the scene with uh, Phaedra, Eva and uh, Brandy when Brandy keeps calling everyone bitch or whatever. Yeah. Then Eva's like, listen, like, and again, like this isn't like politically correct or whatever, but Eva's like, listen, like you're talking like a, like black people talk or like, yeah. and she kind of says that in like a, yeah, like you're She's one like, of the We girls. know what you mean. Like we get it. It's like a type of language that like has its subtlety. So we get what you're saying, but like, basically like those older rich white ladies they don't understand <laughs> yeah they don't understand so they think that what you're saying they're taking it very literally so she's like you can't say certain things because they're not going to understand the subtlety of it yeah. so I think that actually there is like uh I think that Phaedra and Eva it, it just like the type of drama it just doesn't necessarily translate yeah or or it does translate but I think that is just like they're 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 different types of languages that are spoken yeah. both of the shows you know because of like the racial differences but also because of like north and south and yeah. also because of just like the like the families where they're from or just like diff- the, the different types of wealth and shit like that so I think that like that's probably like one of the reasons is because like it's not it's not the same type of, of fighting. It's not the same type of subtleties and language. So I think that like Phaedra and Eva can just be like, they're fucking insane. Whereas the other woman, they really are just like, they don't have like the outsideness yeah. enough yeah. to understand that they're crazy. They, they like take it all personally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know, like these newer seasons of Housewives are just like always reminding me of like, is always giving me so much context to understand like women in their 60s you know it's just always like and even Phaedra are younger also yeah, and I think that yeah. that's another like, like age Vicky divide. being like Vicky in the car being like it's so hot and yeah. Tamara's like it's not hot in here she's like yes it is she's like no it's not hot in here she's like then why is it so hot in here I'm like I can't like I like no, I can hear mother. like the voices of like women I know like, yeah. like well that's why I love Jill so much every Jew oh my god I love you like it I'll get you one I'll get you one I have this everyone's person, getting I got one this person I got this person Amazon did you know that Amazon does two-day delivery <laughs> you know that's like oh my but I love it though like I met this woman yesterday who's like the friend of one of my brothers 
the the mom of one of my brother's friends from high school who I haven't seen in forever. And it was just like a breath of fresh air. Just, it was just like an insane, like New York rich lady. Yeah. Like, la, 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 la. And I was like, oh, I was just like sucking it up. Yeah, you know? no, it, it's, it's great. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think Dorinda's going to absolutely lose her fucking mind by the end of this. Yeah, I mean, I hope that Dorinda finds peace. I don't think she's going to. I do think that she's just like, she's too deep in like the drug and alcohol hole that she'll never really get out of it. Yeah. Like she's, it's just, she literally is always drunk. She is drunk as a skunk. She is drunk all the time. Oh my God. And the the blue Bluestone Manor whiskey that oh they all are like, it tastes horrible. Yeah. We, we still have yet to do, we really got, I mean, it's an investment of money, but we have to do a liquor tasting, celebrity liquor tasting, housewives liquor tasting. We do. We, we got do, Skinny but... Girl Margarita, Dorinda's 818. No, Kendall's 818. Yeah, no, I get, I'm saying Dorinda's whiskey, 818. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, we tried Vanderpump Rosé and it was like horrible. Remember that? Yeah, I've had it a couple times. <laughs> it's not good. Like, it's fine. And, like, I've been on, like, a like whiskey tasting, like, the bourbon trail or whatever. And it's, like, like bad bourbon. I was, like, it's really bad. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, like, it's so bad. And bad tequila, really bad. Yeah. So I feel like we should, like, next time we're together, I think that what we should do yeah. is get, like, little bottles of all of them. Yeah. Because it's just, like, you don't want to drink it it's yeah when it's not me. yeah but we should definitely do that that'd be fun <laughs> that would be fun I'm gonna get like drunk off my ass we could analyze like the the tastes via the people that they who who are their sponsor this is true oh my god Vanderpump Rosé and also like the witches of WeHo wine oh my god I've never seen that once in my life yeah I, I don't think it's real yeah I'm just um, nostalgic for like the heyday of Vanderpump Rules because that's second season yeah Second and third seasons, those were like, I mean, they're just brilliant. They really are brilliant. Truly brilliant. I mean, the Randall thing shows you how much of a grip reality TV actually does have on like popular culture and like how much it is a reflection of it. And like, not even just reflection, like it is it. It is the yeah. thing, you know, like reality TV stars are celebrities. Like Lala Kent is like a big deal. Like part of the reason this is blowing up because she's so popular. People love her. People love her. She and their divorce was so public no it really was I mean Lala's also very smart and she knew how to make that something like public and she had to get yeah she has a really good PR person she does she she really does although Lala has horrible plastic surgery she's addicted to it she's one of those people it's not plastic surgery surgery. it's just filler or yeah I mean but hasn't she had like her nose done or something I don't know whatever whatever it is you don't like it no, I just don't think anyone really, I mean, I know a lot of people get it. I, I In small doses, it's fine. But I think that there's a certain point where it's like your face is just like not. They just face. get too, it's just too, they just get too much filler. They just look too puffy. It's like enough. That's what, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's you look so saying. plump. Like we get it. You're youthful. Like enough. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Where it's just like, that's, it's just, it's just too much. Like she's so beautiful. Yeah. I don't know why she needs like everything around her face to make her look like right. a, those, uh, like a, like a, like a doll or whatever. Well, what do we think is going to come from the rest of Beverly Hills? I mean, I think it's just like, I'm loving that Sutton is a tr- is like, is getting all the hate. I think that like, we're really going to see a lot about Sutton. I'm, I'm starting to really like her actually. 
I like Sutton. I'm excited for the fight between Garcelle and Erica. I think that that's going to be a good one. Yeah. I'm excited to hear the Kathy drama. That's going to be big. Yeah, that's going to be weird. But I mean, I just really like this season because it's like none of the women look particularly good, but none of them are like villains. Erica is also a funny ass drunk. Yeah. So, and, and right. So I used to have a boat. It was very cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, it was called the illegal or something, right? Didn't the illegal. Yeah, the, the illegal. illegal, but with eagle in the word. Oh, the illegal. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, she's she's- like it was very cool. Also, when she's like, OK, hear me out. I might be wrong. When she was talking about the South and where she comes from, she said, we don't have any textiles. I was like, is that like an anti-Semitic thing about New York or like Northern? She's like, she's like, we're all agriculture. We're people of the land. Like when she's so drunk talking about how her and Sutton are both from the South, she's like, we're, she's like, she's like, there's no textiles. And everyone's like, what? No, I actually think it was like a racial thing. I think it yeah. was about like, I thought it was like her siding with like the Confederacy. Being oh, like really? those poor, yeah, I thought, I thought it was, cause you know, like that was like, you know, like t- I'm not a civil war expert, but like one of the big arguments was like, without like slave labor, like, oh, those poor Southern farmers will be so like, they'll be like poor. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. they'll like lose all of their money because they're going to have to like, there was something labor. political about that statement. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. But I, right. But I, but I definitely think that that was her like being like getting very, like, I just, those poor Southern farmers. Yeah. I, you know, if only the Confederacy was still here. She's really leaning into her Southernness post Tom. Yeah. She's dropping the act. She's like, her voice is like down here. And she's like, my mother used my grandmother say, Erica, get out of my goddamn begonias. (laughs) She's also paying those people to like laugh at her jokes. Mickey, her creative director, Mickey. (laughs) I love Mickey. Mikey, Mikey's gone fully gray. Mikey. This is I know. this has this has ruined him. <laughs> and he had so much Botox and filler also. I like her little assistant who never like says anything. It's just always like sewing her shit together. She is like an Eastern European name. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not like a I'm not fully anti-Diana. I don't think she's a complete flop. I think she's crazy. Her vibe is really insane, and that always makes her something good. And I feel like she might redeem herself. And I think no, Kyle I'm, is no. very intimidated by her. Very intimidated by her. Yeah, and that's exactly. rare. It's hard for Kyle to be intimidated. Well, I think Kyle's friends with the people who she's intimidated yeah. by. Those yeah. are the people who she like will defend. Like I think that she's also a little bit scared of um what's her name? who Sutton's having the fight with, Crystal. I think that honestly, like, I think that Kyle wants to be friends with like Crystal's husband, you know, yeah. cause Kyle's like a whole like actress type thing. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we should probably wrap it up. Yes. But I also, next time I want to talk about the new reality show with Mauricio. Yes. Yeah. Also my job. Yes. Yeah. I think that that should be like our next thing because like, perhaps it's like a turn to the arts or the turn to professionalism which is well, definitely what the kardashians did the ocu soap i love that the ocu soap yes yes yeah wait like wait. occupational soap right that's what i thought yeah yeah, yeah. no the ocu soap exactly well this the soap is is tv it's like the basis of television um and real estate 
TV is just everyone's fucking favorite. Right. I mean, I like even growing up, I was obsessed with like the Better Homes and Garden or like the what's that channel? Like the Home Improvement HGTV. Channel. Love HGTV. It's like it's, I don't like those shows. Oh, my God. They're like crap. I used to like the teen version where they would redo your bedroom. And they I would make it like before and themed. after. Oh, before and after is endlessly. I mean, that's. I loved the personal renter. I loved what not to wear. That was. Oh my God. We used to watch that together. Yeah. Stacey London. They're being like, you look comfortable. Are you comfy? We don't care. Yeah, we don't care. And then they like start crying when they see their their, like new faces or whatever. They're like, you look like shit. Go to Eileen Fisher and it'll fix you. (laughs) Exactly. No, but that's like, that's the thing. Like those are always the best shows because it's like the, it's like the candy of redemption. You yeah. love a hero. We all love heroes. Yes, truly. Which is why I think that like the you can't have someone be on the housewife shows too one dimensional mm-hmm. because then they're you already see their plot development. Yeah. You know, you can't have something that's very strong. Like you need to be like very smart about like making yourself kind of like a middling character where yeah. people will always be both for and against you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You have to be like difficult to defend. But also, like, you know, difficult to not defend, difficult to agree with. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, yeah, it's fun that we're in the middle of the seasons. It is fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm finally back in the groove. If you're not watching Rehazard's Ultimate Girls Trip, get on it. Also, if you're any kind of Bravo fan, I got to be honest, you got to get Peacock. It's all there now. It's like $5 a month. You can also use free well whatever i know but on peacock it's actually like a nice picture it's crisp oh yeah well i'll use it's like five dollars a month i don't know well you know that's all expensive for me <laughs> but um yeah 99 so. the 99 cent that i guess i know well maybe it's a 499 i can do it but um, um all right yeah well, no peacock's great i'm really into peacock they have a whole wwe section of peacock <laughs> i'm obsessed with that we should start watching wwe we got a lot to watch, man. Lot we have so watch. much to watch. Endless. Um, Endless. Anyways, thanks for listening and joining Thank us. Thank you. Um, we love your listenership. You know, like, subscribe, whatever. Our little, our little, pro- our little passion project. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you should Twitter, tweet us or <laughs> DM us if you want to <laughs> hear something in particular. Yeah, and we're we're excited to welcome some guests in the next couple of weeks. Oh so yeah, we're gonna tuned. have really good guests. Yeah. All right, bye. All right, bye. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned, oh yeah. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned. How many men there are that forget to hold the door? When I give them so much more than they can imagine 
Money rich and manners poor Never got the boys too far Money talks but I just walk When I can't stand it And the primary mistake Texting on a date If you make a lady wait She'll take a pass The lesson all should learn Even if there's cash to burn Respect yourself Cause no one else can change your path Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned My friends Elegance is learned Oh yeah Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned My friends Elegance is learned Forget to allow the men you've met to exemplify their very best behavior. When entering a room, greet everyone, and soon you'll be invited and entitled to the grandeur. Your company should feel when a conversation's real, even if the topic feels like science class. You can tell where someone's been without even asking him. He's either rude or has some style and panache. Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned My friends Elegance is learned Oh yeah Life is all about elegance and flair And savoir-faire You don't have to be rich or famous To be unforgettable Haha <laughs> It's not about where you're from, it's about what you've learned. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned. Money can't buy your class.